everybody. Hi there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you are listening to Halfway Saints. Um, and for this episode, um, we have something really hard to talk about. And um, we have to share the news that we lost our baby um, at eight weeks. Uh, baby Renatus. And um, miscarried. And I don't really know how else to say it. Um, but that we just want to share our experience with you guys and that, um, I don't know, just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you so, want to jump in? Sure. So I think it goes without saying that this has been one of the hardest things both of us have gone through. Um, especially the hardest thing we've gone through as a, as a couple and as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really one of those, um, I don't want to say worst case scenario, but like when like the worst happens, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's just been really tough and really, um, has caused great suffering in a way that we really haven't experienced as a family to this point. Yep. I was explaining it earlier this week that it's just the deepest wound I've ever felt. Um, and that this is all really new to me and I don't really know, I I really even know how to talk about it, but, um, and part of the impetus for us wanting to share this on the podcast, um, is that a lot of people who we've talked to, a lot of friends and people in our parish and our community who have, um, seen the way we've reacted to it and how we've been speaking about it they've really appreciated that um and so we thought it would be helpful to talk about it on the podcast um because it's it is something that's more common uh than you think that um a lot of women go through and oftentimes um aren't able to share or don't share and that they have Mm -hmm. to kind of go through on their own and then it's that seems really really tough um so we wanted to talk about our experience one to just let our audience know about it but also um to hopefully help some families who may have gone through the same thing um and that was one thing too i mean our last podcast was us announcing that you guys are pregnancy and so um we were really vulnerable with everybody um this pregnancy too we were telling people at like six, seven weeks, um, and I, I like decided to do that knowing the risk of it. And I, it's so weird that the same at the time of wanting to tell people and not wanting to keep it a secret because it was the third baby and Jack knew, so might as well just tell everybody. Mm-hmm. But also from the beginning, I had a really like strong feeling that this could happen. Um, but I went ahead and told people anyway, and um, I am I'm really really glad that we did. Um, as hard as it was to tell, like to untell everybody, um, the support and the love that we felt from our family, our friends, our parish community, has it's just been such a gift. Mm-hmm. Um. We just feel so, so loved, and Renatus was so, so loved. Um, so I think maybe we should backtrack a little bit about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did name the, we named the baby mm-hmm. Renatus. Um, Daniel actually thought about it, or thought of it, um, and it means reborn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's where, where the name Rene comes from in French. Hmm. Funny, I didn't tell you this until right now, but I actually met a woman named Renata oh, when really? I was in New York. Interesting. Mm-hmm. She was a singer. Mm. I know. And I always was like, that's a really interesting name, but never thought too much about it. I didn't, didn't know what it meant yeah. or anything. Well, like, Ney is born in French, so Rene is reborn. So I'm mm-hmm. sure Nada is some natal. Yeah. I'm sure there's some language where that's the name. Mm-hmm. And it was R-E-N-A-T-E with an apostrophe over it. An accent? Yeah. I don't know. But, um, 
yeah, so we, uh, oh, you can, you can do this part. Well, do you want to talk about what, what, like, happened and when you started to notice things? So, Mm -hmm. um, I forget when it was exactly, but, um, Holly started experiencing some bleeding, Mm -hmm. um, and some of her other symptoms started to, to go away. Um, It was like a week after my morning sickness had gone away and then my hair was falling out Mm -hmm. because that's a, when you're pregnant, your hair hair. stops falling out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not your hair wasn't totally falling out. Yeah. I wasn't like losing hair, but, um, so Holly called her doctor, um, and they weren't able to schedule an ultrasound to until like the following week, the middle of the following week. Yeah, it was on Saturday when I saw Mm -hmm. spotting and then on Wednesday was whenever we were able to have the ultrasound. Right. And so we went into the ultrasound and like, so we'd had that whole week to kind of think about it. And it was really like, we didn't like stop talking to each other, but it was just like, you know. It was the most anxiety I've ever Yeah, there's a lot of just like silence. Um, And it was... I asked them friends to pray for us, um, and I was praying fervently with everything that I had within me, um, so much that I didn't have words to speak, but I just was reciting prayers and um, a lot of Hail Hail Marys. But um, I think, like, on Monday or something, I started a few times in this process, I've actually heard words spoken to me not like heard with my ears but just they'll come into my mind and just very strong um and when I would pray it it would come into my mind that it had already happened and didn't you have that experience at mass on Sunday um it was just me and the boys mm-hmm. um I forget why you just weren't it was too doing, much for me yeah um so I took the boys to an early mass and just like during mass it's something like a a large amount of sorrow hit me like during mass and it was um I mean looking looking back on it it's kind of cool because you know um you know if it had already happened by then and Renatus was in heaven then I was you know meeting him in the Eucharist then you Mm -hmm. know so maybe you know your brain can't always comprehend things um so I like to think it was something like that, but we both had moments in that period of waiting where we kind of one way or another, like felt that something wasn't right. And that we'd kind of not started to expect the worst, but for me, at least it was like, because I always tell Holly, like, don't worry about, don't worry until there's something to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we both kind of knew like we need to, not we need to start like preparing ourselves for this, but like this this could be happening. Right. Um, which I think in the long run may have actually been kind of a grace, at least for me, that like I just can't imagine like going for your ten week ultrasound and then finding right. out that new news and having no indication otherwise. So I think um having that yeah, having that time to kind of brace yourself for mm-hmm. it. I think for me anyway, was good. Definitely for me um, too. So yeah, so then we went for the ultrasound that um, Wednesday, and then found out that you know there's no heartbeat. The baby had stopped developing, um, and kind of yeah. Um, and I should have been ten weeks at that point, but mm. the baby was only eight. Um, and then in the car before we even left the hospital is when we decided on the name. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I had actually been thinking about before because, yeah. We were going to use it as a middle name. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we decided to use it for the first name. And then... the I had always, like, obviously always known about miscarriage, and that's the hardest thing, and, like, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but it is an incredibly difficult thing and um to go through but i never totally understood all of the hardships that came with it mm-hmm. but the next few days were 
were some of the hardest times because I had to make so many medical phone calls, um, calls to our parish priest about a funeral. Uh, one of the big things for Daniel and I was we definitely wanted to have a burial mm-hmm. and definitely wanted to have a mass. Um, and to organize that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was in the whole time I was going through it. And in the end, I'm, there are no words to express how grateful I am that we were able to do those things. Yeah. But for, well, cause when, when you first reached out to your OB, mm-hmm. um, he, he basically was like, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Holly reached out to her, um, her gynecologist. So her, I see, yeah, I see a, yeah. Um, a Catholic gynecologist, but she can't practice OB. Well, she doesn't practice. She doesn't deliver babies. Right. She's unavailable. Too. Yeah. She cannot do it. And, um, she, she, she physically can. But... <laughs> no, okay. Sorry. I just don't <laughs> go on. She's incapable of doing it. Right. Because of the commitments of being on call. Exactly. Yes. Okay. yes. Um, so I have to go to see a secular OB. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had seen them for one appointment and, um, the ultrasound was sent to them, but then he spoke to me and he actually spoke very, um, callously and nonchalant over the subject. So I immediately right. hung up with him and called my gynecologist who is an amazing doctor, mm-hmm. um, and huge pro-life advocate and has written books on, um, women's medicine and stuff. But she was amazing at talking with her and, um, even she at first didn't think that it would be possible. So there are two options. Um, at that point where I could have, if this is too gruesome, we meant to say this earlier, Mm -hmm. we are going to talk about what happens, not in a very grotesque way or anything, but just, but just the, the fact of the matter, if that will upset you because I know I have a lot of triggers right now. So if that, if you've been through this, know that we are going to talk through it. Um, again, for all of those who might not have that as a trigger, this isn't going to get really nitty gritty, but, um, in any case, there are two options. You can pass the baby deliver naturally at home. Um, after they give you some medicine, or you can go in and have a procedure and, um, the only way, okay, no. So at first when I talked about doing the procedure, they said it wouldn't be possible for us to to get the body afterwards mm-hmm, for the burial. Um, but then I asked if I could call, if I pressed a little bit and she said, I guess you could call pathology. And so then I called pathology and they said, that wouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. So we decided to do the procedure rather than doing it at home because it was the only way that we were guaranteed um, the remains for the burial. Um, I hope that's not too gruesome. <laughs> I think it's okay. Um, but the, because that was just so important to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggled a lot. It was a, in that time between Saturday and Wednesday, one of my biggest fears was that I had already passed mm. Renatus and didn't know about it. So it was a huge grace to see Renatus on the screen um, because I knew that our baby was still with me and mm. that we were able, we were going to be able to have a burial. And um, But one of the things that I didn't realize was that at only eight weeks, the baby would was too small and I was hoping that maybe I'll be able to hold or even see um our baby but I was not and um that was one of that was a really hard realization to come to um I feel like I'm getting too deep into this and people don't want to know that no it's okay but yeah so we were able to luckily um we were able to get the body so that we were able to have a burial Mm -hmm. um and Holly's Holly's doctor was really great. She prayed with us before the procedure and like 
and we went to um, the we had done at a Catholic hospital and like in ho- every room there was a crucifix right and the hospital Holly delivered at for the first two boys it wasn't it was just not a Catholic mm-hmm. hospital so it was so nice to like be there and like a priest walked down the hallway <laughs> and it's just like so nice to be in that kind of environment um because when we were having the other two boys i thought of like seeing oh is there like a mass in the like chapel hospital chapel because mm-hmm. sometimes they'll do that but i don't think they even i don't know if they had a chapel there mm-hmm. or not but so that was just um just a really a really good experience to have and holly's doctor was really great and i was um just really um kind of floored by like how kind she was and how like and she like did a real prayer. It wasn't like that's what I was, I was praying our say. father. It was like a specific. She prayer. prayed for the like legions of heaven to come down, um, and protect and to be with her at that time. I can't imagine. This is a little side note, but I cannot imagine the amount of spiritual warfare she must have in her industry. Mm-hmm. So she probably has. She probably has to pray those I mean, giant prayers. Not even like <laughs> physical, um, not warfare, but like what she must like come up against and what she must face from you know peers Mm -hmm. and she has to feel this brokenness for probably so many of her patients Mm -hmm. um but she was incredible i we drove to the the other thing the reason why i haven't delivered at this hospital before is because it's 45 minutes away um it's very it's kind of like really difficult to get to it's yeah it's like in the woods. Yeah, it's very random. But um, an amazing hospital. We just can't deliver there, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the drive there was really difficult. And um, I was I was in this really uh, difficult feeling. I don't know how to... My words don't come to me State very well right now. Yeah. Where I was very... It's very unsettling, mm-hmm. um, but I also wanted wanted it to remain. Like, okay, it's very unsettling that Renatus was no longer growing inside of me. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to keep Renatus inside me for mm-hmm. as long as possible. Um, so I knew going into that time that it was our last our last moments together, which was really difficult to come to grips with. But then. After she prayed over us and after the procedure, um, I was able, they put me fully under mm-hmm. um, anesthesia, general anesthesia, and yeah, whatever. I was, yeah, sedation. But... Sedation. I was asleep. Um, <laughs> and um, when I woke up and on the ride home and all day Friday and all day Saturday, um, I felt so much peace and I really think it was because of Dr. Ubero. Mm-hmm. So you can say it. It's not confidentiality. Yeah everyone, yeah, everyone in the area should go to her. <laughs> literally, literally, she's amazing. Um, Dr. Ubero and she, just because of what she, like her prayer over us and for how holy of a woman she is in the business or the work that she does and for all of the people praying for us it just really like I could feel those prayers and I just felt this immense state of grace. And in all of this, when we got the news and um, at that moment and in every moment since, we obviously are heartbroken and full of sorrow, but that we don't get to live an earthly life with Renatus. But we have a reality in that Renatus is in heaven mm-hmm. and with Jesus and with the saints and um, is praying for us and is like watching us and delighting in us and mm-hmm. laughing when the boys laugh too. So um, it's, it's a very, I have a lot of peace that I find there, but then I also, we live on earth mm-hmm. and I have to come to grips with earthly realities as well. Right. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely great to, to have Dr. Rubero there. And it also, um, our pastor at our parish was great because mm-hmm. Holly talked to him and he, um, 
basically said like we'll take care of everything like we had to the funeral home had to go to to pick up the remains mm-hmm. um but our pastor figured everything else out mm-hmm. pretty much and we just had to you know show up and that was i didn't, I didn't know about funeral homes. i don't know yeah. like contacting them or anything he did everything from there um we didn't have to um make arrangements or like mm-hmm. Or anything. Yeah. It was all taken care of. And also was like his like default was like have a burial and a mass. You know, yeah. like that's I mean it's not it shouldn't be surprising. But mm-hmm. it was like nice that he was like, Yes, we're gonna do that, why wouldn't right. we? And then, you know, because I think that would have been I can imagine there's someone who may, you know, have to not fight but like be adamant about that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And there I'm sure there's a pair somewhere that's like that and that would just be terrible. So like um, it was just so so wonderful for him to be like on board like yeah this is what we're doing let mm-hmm. me take care of it so that was another point that was like a kind of point of light throughout this mm-hmm. um, oh there was something else I wanted to say another thing that was a, another point of light was that um, we had already been planning for my sister and her husband to be coming up to visit and I didn't tell them about like whenever we saw this body I didn't tell our families because I didn't want them to worry um so on Wednesday when we got the news um we made the decision to to still let them come up because mostly for the boys benefit because they would need some like they're at an age where they very much need somebody to be present to them playing Mm -hmm. with them talking with them reacting to them where I was neither of us were really in a place to be able to do that and they were and even like leading up to the ultrasound where we found out I think they could tell that there was something off with us or at least Jack like he was you could tell he was acting a little differently Mm -hmm. and I think it was because we were acting a little differently right um so a point of light was that my sister and brother-in-law were able to come in and when I had to go to the hospital that was so far away to have this procedure done they were actually able to take the boys to the pool and watch mm. them. And as we've said before, our families are from North Carolina. And obviously, if we were ever to go and whenever we go visit them, we spend every minute with them. Like, we would mm. never leave them to babysit. So they were actually very glad for the opportunity to, to babysit mm. and to take them to the pool and um, have fun with them. So it was a – that was a very nice – and I think uh, throughout this, like, there was great suffering and then great grace, which um, makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's it's hard to see it in the moment, but when you look at it, um, it's like, no, of course there was grace, and of course God was present throughout this, mm-hmm. supporting us and helping us. The um, It's been a real lis- lesson for me in thinking eternally versus earthly. Mm-hmm. Um, because like we should live as if saying live as if makes it sound like it's not real, but we should live with the belief that, um, heaven is real Mm -hmm. and that we're going to heaven. And this has given me a real special longing for heaven. Um, and it's been, it's made my faith like. I thought it was real before, but now it's like so much more real. Mm-hmm. And that's just, a, it's an even more tangible reality for me mm-hmm. because not only do I get to see Jesus, but I also get to be reunited with our baby mm-hmm. when um, I reach those gates. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, so like we said, we really wanted to have the memorial mass. Is that right if I move on? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that, our our pastor was really great about organized everything. Um, we also really wanted all of our friends to be at the mass um, and people to be there. And it turned out uh, a lot of our friends were able to come and a lot of families come. And so the church was like filled with children, actually, mm-hmm. which was really really amazing. Um, it was a great time for like I wa- we can't got there early and I walked up and we sat kind of up front and I kind of was like only wanted to think about what was happening in front of me at the altar and with the mass but then at the sign of peace um i turned around and like all of our friends were mm-hmm. there who could make it right 
Um, I mean, it was a Wednesday in the middle of the week, right? In the morning, so most of it was moms, but even some there men, was a yeah, there were a lot of people there. Yeah, and, uh, time and it was a, it was just a huge blessing mm-hmm. and just a like just what an immense gift to feel the amount of love from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was real. And after after the burial and the mass. Um, uh, we we both had like just a sense of peace, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and in, and since then it's kind of it comes and goes. Um, I think both of us will be will be like doing okay and then get hit with something or see something that'll kind of like touch it off again. Um, but it I think there was um, a lot of grace in that in that moment mm-hmm. of that mass that was offered for Renatus. Definitely was. And it was. It was so nice. We had we brought our ultrasound, and they, uh, our priest uh, said to put it underneath the statue of um, Mary. Mm-hmm. And I just every time I would look at it during the mass, I would start sobbing. But it was just so beautiful mm-hmm. to see the baby up there. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about your what you were saying with the Eucharist? Yeah, so the think I think it was the next the following Sunday at mass. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'd realized it before, but just kind of during mass, realized, you know, w- w- at communion when you receive the Eucharist, it's you're in communion with all of the saints. So that means that we're in communion with Renatus, who is in heaven with Jesus, and it was just, um, not like you'd forgotten about it, but it's like, oh yeah, like. We have saints, and we have, um, you know, saints we're devoted to, but to have kind of that extra aspect of, like, our child being there, too. Um, and I also just had a, an image of um, all of Renatus's intercessors, like, holding him and, um, like, playing with him and, like, just thinking, like, St. Maximilian Colby holding our baby or St. Therese of Lisieux, like, playing with him and also <laughs> I say him because yeah. it was it was bef- it was too early to find out the gender um and I don't know why and I know you've told me that you felt like it was a girl but <laughs> I keep defaulting to him I know and a lot of our friends say him too <laughs> but I'm still sticking with I'm still sticking with trying what, to only say Ren and avoid right. he or she so right it's so- that's why I went with Renatus because it seems more could go either way mm-hmm. um but just that image of like the blessed mother holding our baby and like and him the baby being with the lord cuz jesus loves that baby way more than holly and i could so it's ren is with someone who loves him so much more than we could and mm-hmm. that's that's something to rejoice about because that's our our goal in parenting mm-hmm. you know is to to have them meet our creator Ren is with mm-hmm. Ren's there mm-hmm. and I've been surprised that I throughout it have not had any um, I've never struggled with anger to the Lord mm-hmm. um, yeah and like maybe to some I think maybe you've said you've struggled with this a little bit but like things that people have said that like being angry or asking why and I feel like neither of us really struggled with that you know yeah because the the why doesn't really matter when our baby's in heaven right you know and the why in in this sense of like why did this happen not so much in like the medical question of why right um but that what we know and what we can rest on is that in this suffering, Jesus is here, and in this rejoicing, Jesus is here, and mm-hmm. that Jesus is with Renatus. Mm-hmm. And that's, we just have to rest in that, because if we if we focus on this question of why, then we get away from that, mm-hmm. and we get away from peace, and we start to distrust, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and so we've never really like. I. I don't know. Yeah. We just trust the Lord's will. Right. And like whatever happened. I, I don't even. It's like not even worth the conversation. Right. Yeah. For, for us. I yeah. Don't. 
But that's just something people have like tried to like reassure us about, and it's like, thank, I thank you, I appreciate that, but that's just not been something we've been struggling with. Yeah, to say like everything happens for a reason, or like it's all in the plan, and mm-hmm. like stuff, it's just like not. It's not in the vocabulary of our um, process, right. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, another thing that this situation that this has brought on um, that I didn't think about is our children and relying on the, our boys, Blaze and Jack. Um, and one of the, I think, the hardest things throughout this was telling... Um, telling Jack that the baby wasn't coming because he was you know really sad and just kept saying like I but I really want the baby to come and that was like that was really tough and it still makes me sad <laughs> thinking about it um but can I expand on that a little yeah, bit go ahead. um because for whatever reason Jack really understands cemeteries mm-hmm. um and so he had a lot of questions about like can like I really want to meet the baby mm-hmm. and will the baby be underground and yeah. then, didn't he ask like he said he said can we go under the ground and see the baby which is like oh, he's just he's such like a empathetic little boy and is so compassionate um so telling telling Jack was really tough Blaze doesn't he's not really old enough to know what's going on um but for Jack, that was tough. But I think now, like, after the burial and, like, the mass, yeah. and, like, he's kind of, like, understood it a little bit more. That was another reason why we wanted to, I yeah. mean, that was, it was another bonus from right. uh, the burial and the mass was that he was able to have a tangible understanding of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, after we told Jack and, like, Holly and I were upset and crying, Jack, like, immediately tried to, like, make us laugh Mm because that's what he does with blaze to make blaze stop crying and it's just so sweet that he that he wants to do that for us to make us happy and and that it like kind of that it that it works like there's some days i was like jack i just need you to give me a hug and he gives you like a big squeeze and it's so comforting and so sweet and it's just not something that i was expecting that like yeah your children can comfort you Mm -hmm. and give you what you need as well and in a less um, specific way, just like looking at them as focusing on on the blessings that we do have in our family, and that like Renatus from heaven is um, is loving us and what we have here, and to focus on that and not let the distraction of our sorrow to um, interfere with our happiness that we have here and the joy that we have here, and that. Um, also, I sometimes I wouldn't. Daniel tells me that my face reveals every all of my emotions, but um, sometimes I wouldn't even be crying, or I didn't think that I was showing too much sadness, even if I was feeling it. And Jack and Blaze will both just run up to me and hug me. <laughs> and it's like you guys know. Yeah. It's just so sweet. But just thinking. Like, we've always thought of them as our family in the sense that, like, we have to take care of them. They're our family. But, like, they also serve that other part of the family of, like, supporting you and mm-hmm. being there when you need it. And that was just kind of, like, an unexpected grace that, like, we can rely on our boys and that they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it okay if I yeah. switch? Um, I said earlier that there were a couple times when, like, actual words came to my mind in prayer and for a lot of the t- a lot of the weeks that immediately followed um another thing is that we had the the procedure on a Friday and it wasn't until two Wednesdays later that we were able to do the b- burial and a uh, funeral which was really difficult to have that in between time but um I think that's just the way that the process goes. Um, But for a lot of that time, when it was still so raw, and um, I just felt so sad, I I just didn't have words. And so a lot of my prayer was just, Jesus, I'm so sad. And, um, but at 
those moments I would hear, or this phrase kept coming to my mind to like hide in his wounds. And, um, that's in the morning prayer, right? Or the, it's in the the Anima Christi. It's, it's, I forgot what it is exactly. Something about within your wounds conceal me or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I'd never really focused on that before. So, um, this was definitely from the Lord. And so I was trying to navigate what that meant. And, um, then I was kind of like in a conversation with a friend about it and feeling that like, this is the most, this is the deepest wound I've ever felt. And that she was saying that like, so like with the burial and the funeral, it had like, just using the metaphor, it had like scabbed over, Mm -hmm. but then other things will just make it like rip open again. And, um, is it okay if I talk briefly about our, Mm-hmm. Do you know what you're talking about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one night last week, right, mm-hmm. um, where Daniel and I felt really the, in the most obvious way I've ever felt before an attack from Satan. And um, what happened was we, we were... A small thing happened, but we both got really, really angry about it. And um, I've been saying that, like, we kind of let Satan in by our anger, but then he took a hold of our argument and ran with it. And um, really hurtful things were said, but then immediately afterward, we knew that that was, like, an attack. And um, that's when I felt like my wound just, like, was ripped back open and... um, taken advantage of by Satan. And um, it was in talking about that, that like this wound metaphor was like making more sense to me. And then, and I don't know, thinking about and prayer about that, um, the in your wounds or hide, hide in his wounds came back to me. And um, like, I literally just envisioned myself like crawling into his wounds, which is so gross. There's actually, I think it's uh, Angela Foligno, who was like a medieval mystic, writes about like crawling into Christ's wounds. Oh my gosh, that's so gross. But that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> so there's precedent for it. That's good. But that Christ in his humanity just like opens himself up to vulner, like to complete vulnerability and that and we did whatever, like he opened himself to the cross. Mm-hmm. And in that cross, and dying on the on the cross, I'm sorry, I'm just getting tripped up on words, but, um, and dying on the cross and those wounds, like he is, he was open to our, just like for us to take advantage of him and humanity did. And he took it, he just mm-hmm. opened himself and that happened. And that, um, when I had this open wound, I felt very, very vulnerable. And then the enemy took advantage of it. But um, in kind of the same vein as vulnerability, but not taking advantage of it. But um, just thinking back about when when we decided to um, to to be free with our... Um, to try to have another baby. Yeah. But to like just let the will of the Lord be done mm-hmm. with that and the freedom that we felt in that and the freedom and vulnerability there. Mm-hmm. Um, that we opened ourselves up to love. I'm kind of working through this as I'm speaking okay. right now. But um, we opened ourselves up to love and then we were granted that love through you know, conceiving mm-hmm. Renatus. And then um, now Renatus is in heaven. But I think that there's something there that, like Christ opened himself to our love. Mm-hmm. And it it took the, like, opening up to truly be vulnerable, but for a true love to enter in. Mm-hmm. You're right. There's no love without vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think throughout this whole um, situation I've, we've both really benefited from 
from our faith, and it's almost not not like made anything new to us, but like really revealed another facet of it. Because mm-hmm. like I was saying at the beginning, this is really probably the biggest thing we've suffered together as a as a family, and something I always think of, and I always and I've been telling Holly throughout this is that um, Jesus doesn't promise to preserve us from suffering, but he does give us the grace to endure it. Um, and I think that's really been evident throughout this, that we've been able to, through the suffering, open ourselves up more to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think like you've, you were saying that like your relationship with Christ has grown throughout, throughout this. And it's, you know, it's one thing to, to say these things and to even believe them but to experience them adds like a whole new facet to it um and it's just i've been just really appreciative of of our faith and you know of our lord and kind of like i feel like we were perfectly equipped to handle this suffering you know Mm -hmm. like it wasn't we weren't preserved from it but we were able to to see grace within it Mm -hmm. and to have christ's grace bring us through it and like christ has done nothing but pour graces upon us which is like just such a weird feeling where like you know i get really caught up in worldly stuff but that like um in grieving to be in the middle of grieving something so heavy but also be feeling such intimacy with the Lord and to be feeling like he, like I just have felt like so amazingly loved by everyone I know. Neighbors are brought by flowers that they picked on their walk because they were thinking of us. Like just, he's just pouring out his love to us and it's really great. You know, so it's like, I don't, I almost don't even want to say like, this is so nice, but the reality is Renatus is in heaven Mm -hmm. and Jesus is loving us here on earth Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to go forward. It's the hardest, one of the hardest things, everything is the hardest thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally it is, but to change your, especially for a, a mother, it's really, really difficult to change your understanding from I'm pregnant and then I'm no longer pregnant. And there is still sometimes, even now, almost a month later, that I still catch myself. Um, and that's really, really, really hard. But, um, like, the, we're still feeling the earthly reality of, like, the pain that is happening. But Daniel and I talked for a long time last night because I was feeling particularly emotional and um which is fine I'm like letting myself I'm really focusing on letting myself feel emotions because I'm afraid of the tendency to not feel emotions but um Daniel in all of his wisdom said that (laughs) I'm serious though you are very very wise um said like we can we definitely can focus on what we don't have and the hardness of this and that, um, how difficult it is to go forward. But we could also focus on the great, great joy that we have that Renatus is in heaven. Um, and we should sing, like, we should sing his praises that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think kind of, um, a final thing that we've that wasn't intended but definitely has come out as Holly said we are everyone has been really wonderful like neighbors co-workers everyone has just been like really supportive and helpful and and like the I feel like the things I appreciate most aren't the like oh let us know if you need anything like we're here for you but like one neighbor just came over and hugged Holly and Mm -hmm. like that to me like knowing that you don't have words to say and just like offering a hug, I feel like is like really, um, really helpful and really powerful. Um, but throughout all this, we've really like opened ourselves up and like been open with people and like really like opened our suffering up, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. 
Um, and we've had friends who have said that like, they really appreciate how we've handled this and like how, um, it's been like a witness to, to Renatus's life. And like for others to say, yes, we lost a baby. Like we had a baby and the baby's now in heaven. And like showing people that like, it's okay to have this reaction to it and you should have this reaction to it because Mm -hmm. this is the reality of it. Um, but I feel like, and I'm with most, not most, a lot of women, I'm sure, um, especially those who, you know, aren't Catholic or aren't Christian, um, having, they may feel they have to behave a certain way after a miscarriage, you know, or they may not think about it the same way. And it's, I'm sure it's really, really tough for them to not Mm -hmm. share it, to not be able to like grieve properly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've, I'm glad that we, we handled it the way we did, um, because it's been a great benefit to us, but also to those in our community who Mm -hmm. have really, um, been able to, um, I don't know, find some kind of, um, truth in, in what we've done. And it's really just been, I know, and I think St. Paul says like, we're sin bounds, we're, we're sin abounds, grace abounds all the more Mm -hmm. or something to that effect. But I think like we're, where there's suffering and a need of love, God supplies that, um, kind of unyieldingly mm-hmm. and like in ways you cannot imagine. So like in opening ourselves up and our suffering up, we've been able to kind of, um, let that grace flow out to others too and to touch others too. And it's just been, it's just been a really beautiful illustration of the outpouring of God's grace in the world mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Like this situation, like you've said, like has kind of made your relationship with Jesus um, so much more. And for me, it's kind of been an acting out of all of these things that we believe and mm-hmm. all these things we can hold in faith. Um, but it's been, it's been out there and like you're seeing it work and it's just really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I was, I don't, I never really felt a lot of fear about it, but, um, it's really scary to like put yourself out there like that and to be really open to this. And I think that, I don't know, the Lord is just calling me to do it because I was just, before we knew any, like when we were just finding out that we were pregnant, we were just telling people willy nilly. And it was because I was feeling a very strong desire to, to tell people, mm-hmm all the while thinking that this was definitely a reality that could happen and thinking if that were to happen, I would like for this to be a witness to life. Um, so it's really weird to feel God like work so specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it feels really peaceful in that like he wanted something to happen here Mm -hmm. and that, um, in our grief, he can use it for his good. Right. And it wasn't like that was our plan. It's just, we just opened ourselves up and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the way God's will works is the more you try to like shape it, the more resistance you actually have to God working through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we can't, I said this talking about art yesterday, but that like the more it's in the letting go that true beauty can happen. Um, and that's exactly what did happen. And of course, we we wish that baby Renatus could be with us and in our family here on earth. But Renatus is praying for us in a really strong way up in heaven. And um, that gives us a lot of joy. Yeah. Um, there was one thing I wanted to say, but I can't remember. Did you have anything else? No, I think that was good. Oh, um there is a uh, album that I wanted oh, to yeah. share. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one thing was that I just heard on Three Dogs North they were talking about how like if you love somebody, like in the sense of like romantically, they were saying like if you love somebody, then it's worth the risk to mm-hmm. um, to move somewhere to you know right. do all of that. But in the same way, like this love that we feel for Renatus and feel from the Lord is like definitely worth the risk. The risk. Yeah. It's kind of what you're saying about like opening yourself up. Yeah. Um, and then the album that I wanted to suggest is, um, Red Sea Road by Ellie Holcomb. 
it's available on Amazon, but, um, it's been giving me a lot of peace in this time. It's, uh, she, I met Ellie a couple of times through my, um, days back in college and, um, but she's a songwriter and she wrote this whole album in a time of like a lot of hard things that were happening in her life. And, um, it's, it's been very, very helpful for me to be listening to it. And the boys really like it, which is convenient because I can play it in the living room and they'll enjoy it. But it's also speaking truth to them and they're, they're processing this too Mm -hmm. in the way, in the only way that they know how. But, um, so I think that that album has been particularly helpful to me. So if anybody is struggling with something really hard, um, is going through something, is going through a miscarriage, um, that has been a huge, like profoundly helpful thing or a helpful resource. Yeah. But I think that that's all that we can say. Yeah. And, um, thank you to, um, some of our listeners who have reached out to us. Um, they've, we posted about it on Facebook and Twitter. So some have um, reached out. Um, so just thank you so much. That's, that's been just really incredible. And, um, we said when we started this podcast, we wanted a community and it's, um, it's just been really, really amazing to, to hear from some of you guys. And, um, thank you so much. And that's just, we're, I don't know. I'm kind of just like floored that, <laughs> that, that, that you, not that you care, but that like, yeah, we, when I think of community, I almost think of it like, Oh, we're doing something for them, but to have it the other way around has been really, really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you have, um, any questions for us if you want to if you want to share if you want to share um or just you know we're we're open to talk outside of the podcast as well mm-hmm. so if you want to reach out to us for any reason um you can email us at halfway saints podcast at gmail.com um yeah mm-hmm. and you can find like us on facebook yes did you want to say anything else? no okay um and find us on Twitter at uh, halfway underscore saints. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. We got, we've ended every other one like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but please, um, please keep us in your prayers. Um, we're praying for all of you, especially, um, all those who might be, you know, expecting mm-hmm. new, new babies. Um, please know that you're in our prayers and we're praying, praying for you very specifically. Um, but yeah, just please, please keep us in your prayers and our boys and, um, Renatus as well. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week. Bye, everyone.